welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to today's edition of the Built on Air podcast. This is season 11, episode four. We're glad you could be with us today. Got myself, Dan Fellers, and Ali Alosa. Welcome back. Been a couple of weeks off. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you back. And we have a special guest with us, Matthew. Welcome, Matthew. Good to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're glad to uh, have you on the show. We'll learn more about Matthew and what he's up to a little bit later on in the segment. So let's get started. The Built on Air podcast is a weekly live show on YouTube and also shared on on your favorite um, podcast channels. And every week we go through a couple different segments. I'll quickly highlight what we're going to be talking about today. We always start with our round the basis segment to learn what's going on and keep you up to date. Then we'll do a spotlight on our Entourer primary sponsor. And then we'll learn more about Matthew uh, Busel and what he is doing in the world of Airtable. And then he'll share a demo of his product, WellSync, and how that works. And then a quick uh, highlight on our community at Built on Air. And then finally, Ali's going to do some scripting time with us and learn about um, how to display broken fields and troubleshoot. So welcome to all of our live listeners and watchers and feel free to contribute. We love to see your comments. So with that, let's get started on the Airtable communities. Uh, first off. I thought this was interesting. We still have a week left in the month of May, but they've already released their what's new for the month. Usually at the end of the month, Airtable will um, do a blog post or an email. I actually got the emails this morning. Um, I've got several different Airtable accounts. And so whenever they send out their email blasts, I get like 20 different emails from them on for all my different email logins. <laughs> Um, so I got all those this morning. So this was kind of a review of some of the features. So I thought it'd be good. Um, usually we'll do this at the end of the month. We've got one more week. Next week will still be May. But there was one on here that caught my attention. So we got a couple things. Um, new interfaces, calendars, being able to insert calendar elements inside your interface. Um 
They also integrated with Miro. We talked about that last week. And um, automations, the ability to group automations and rearrange them. That was very cool. Create mm-hmm. sections. They also increased the limit on automations to 50. Um, this one I thought was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, although it's a little bit misleading. I'll tell you why, but uh, this caught my attention that you could create non-collaborators um, and add them to a collaborator field. So typically how a collaborator field works is it shows you a list of all of the users that have access to that base. And so what they're saying is now you can actually like type in on the fly, like somebody's name or email, and you can use a collaborator field. Like we've done this a lot. I'm sure you guys have as well, where you have a separate table, like a people table, and then you just have a linked record to link to those, all those people because they don't have logins to the base. Now you can actually do that inside. And so you get a little bit better visual um, UI of, of the user account. And so it's a mix of people that could be external or internal users that have it. Now the caveat is this is only available on enterprise, (laughs) Uh, but they don't mention that in this post. They don't mention that. So I thought that was, uh, that was uh, not cool on their tables part. Um, Cause you have to click through, if you click through here, this is where I clicked through. I was like, oh, I wanna learn more about this. And then it says enterprise only. It's non-based collaborators. All right, we got some new watchers. Welcome Graham from Australia. We love it. Welcome our international watchers. So if you're on enterprise, that's a cool feature to have. Hopefully, maybe down the road, they'll, they'll make this available to, uh, to non-enterprise accounts. Um, mm-hmm. But that does really change like how you could use uh, that collaborator field. Honestly, like I usually avoid collaborator fields just because of that issue where I usually will just use a, another table. Right. Um, I find myself doing both recently because like I like the flexibility of having the other table because you could do more with it and like aggregate your totals, like how many tasks somebody is assigned, for example. Yeah. But then I also will put the collaborator field on that table and then I'll have it looked up wherever I'm linking to that person. Because not only can you use it in the interfaces now for the current user function, which is super mm. But I like the functionality it gives you when trying to filter a list because you don't have to type someone's name in. You can just pick them from the drop down, even if it's the lookup of that. If that makes sense, it's hard to say all of that. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. The interface, that feature, that's that's really helpful for collaborators. So yeah. Yep. All right, so that's a wrap up. I think they even missed, I don't know if they covered everything. I think there was a couple other um, features, but it also means, I wonder if that means we're not gonna see anything next, this today or next week. So we might be done for the month on on new features from Airtable based on uh, them getting that blog post out early. Mm -hmm. So moving on, this one I thought was interesting. I, I always enjoy when there's a little bit of a heated back and forth on the community 
and um, this this thread doesn't disappoint. Um, so the the thread this is in the Airtable community. Create new record for each record returned by find record. So this is talking about an automation where you um, do a search for records. What they want to do is be able to then for the steps following perform like specific tasks on each individual record that was found, essentially loop through the, the list of, of records. And right now you can't do that um, with Airtable's automations. And so if you wanna see some, some interesting um, perspectives on that, our friend Scott, who I know is uh, watching and, and Kavan, who is also a regular uh, friend of the show, um, kind of have some nice cordial back and forth and sharing different opinions on how you could tackle this issue. Um, but Scott also brings up a good point of like, hopefully they'll implement this into the uh, automations directly in Airtable. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Scott's preferred approach is to use an external tool, make.com. Uh, Kavan's preferred approach is to use a script action and mm -hmm. that keeps it within Airtable. So pros and cons to both approaches that they go back and forth on. Um, but it was a nice, friendly, friendly discussion. <laughs> Definitely. I would love to see Airtable implement loops. Um, and I, I see them. Zapier just did. I don't know if it's still in beta or not, but within the last year, they put loops out. And the way that it works is pretty slick. And I think Airtable could do something very similar. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels like a matter of when they're, you know, if they keep on going down this path, uh, there's just no, no reason not to have that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they redesigned the, the UI designer for automations, they kind of gave more room. And that was, yeah, you would think that that is with that in mind. Certainly. So. Yeah, this has got me thinking of, I bet you could figure out a way to do this natively without a script. Right. I think I saw Scott right, but you, it would definitely add some more clunkiness, but like. Yeah. I think I think uh, another friend of the show, Ben Green, has a video talking about how to do this. Yeah. And you basically take all of those, you insert them into a table, and then that triggers another automation. Yeah. So that's the workaround. If you linked everything to that one record, like you just, yeah, you'd create a new record, put those all linked to it, and then yeah. you could have that trigger a second automation from yeah. that table. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So that's if you really want to do it with with no code or no third party tool, that would be how you do it. But that also now you can it doesn't hurt your automations, but that would be a single run for every record. Right. So that that would increase your your record usage. Mm -hmm. So um, and maybe somebody posted that in these questions. It looks like it's still going. So. Yeah, so interesting, but that definitely is a very common uh, use case, a request that, that people have of trying to figure that out of how to loop through the records that you find. So yep. good, good uh, input there. All right, moving on. Um, this one comes from Twitter. I thought this was cool. I love sharing real world examples of how people are using Airtable. Um, this one is a post and it's actually linked to a video um, but it talks about how IBM and their um, SEO team uses Airtable to manage 
all the SEO that, that IBM does. And so if you think I was talking to somebody yesterday that it was a smaller business and, um, and they're like, yeah, I think we, we are probably getting to the point where we're outgrowing Airtable. And I was like, you'd be surprised. There's some very large companies using Airtable for very large uh, situations. And this is a good example of a company like IBM using Airtable to, to solve their content marketing and SEO issues. So if you're in that world, I know we, in the consulting world, I work with several um, SEO content marketing agencies. And so I know Airtable is very popular in that world and a very good uh, way to manage all your content and calendar of everything. So definitely a video worth checking out if you're in that world. We, we actually use Airtable for that exactly. Content management, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yep, yep, it is good for that. <laughs> All right, moving on. This is a good, uh, somebody asking about, um, got my daughter calling here, um, asking about uh, using the, the, I guess they remove, so, so the backstory is a couple months ago, when was it, January, February? Um, they, they got, they changed their free plan and, um, they added some restrictions to it, um, where it, it limited how many users you could have. It used to be, you could have unlimited users, but they also added some things to the free plan, um, one app and maybe a couple other things. And so somebody's asking like, what, what, what's the difference? So it looks like they don't tell you what was in the legacy one. So, if you signed up for Airtable before January or February, you'll likely see on your free plans that they, they put a label on there that says legacy. I still have several uh, bases that are on this legacy plan. And, um, and so it's always good to remind if you're on that one, this person's deciding if they want to upgrade. I say no, I don't, I don't plan to upgrade my legacy ones. Mm -hmm. um, unless you really need an app for that free base, but um, that's probably the only reason why you'd consider upgrading. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd keep keep that and like create a new free one. That's what I would do. Just create a new free workspace and then you can get the app in that one because you want to keep all those free users. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good reminder. Um, if you're if you're on that legacy one, keep it. Let's let's hold out. See how long we can keep our legacy status. All right, another good um, real world example. If you're in the world of uh, domain purchasing, um, here's a good walkthrough from Leanne Mack on Twitter, and talking about how she uses Airtable to manage all of her domains. So another good use case, real world example of somebody using Airtable to manage all of their domains and all their metrics that they that they keep on all the domains. So it looks like um, they purchase domains and, and whatnot. So uh, interesting video there for, for people and has some good commentary as well on that thread. Mm -hmm. And I believe our last one also from Twitter, shout out to Justin, who's also a friend of the show. Um, he puts out every Friday a formula. I don't know about every Friday, but he has a hashtag formula Friday. It's always good uh, showcasing it. So he's always doing different formulas. 
and how you can do that. Um, so this is a good one. I think we had a segment on our show similar on how to extract the first name and last name out of a full name mm -hmm. uh, field. And so uh, Justin's using a regex extract uh, function. So if you're not familiar with it, this one's a little bit more advanced. He's got some question marks and stuff going on here. So this is the uh, regular expression used to um, find their their name. What, what is it? I'm so not familiar with how regex works. Is it like, I would assume it's like it's grabbing the first letter, so B, and then the, everything after the last space? I don't know. How does that yeah, work? Yeah, so, so they're actually, so what he's creating is just first letter of first name and then last name combined. Um, and uh, so... So left name, I didn't realize this. You don't even have to put in how many characters you want. So I assume the default is one. Yeah. So this is just getting the, the first uh, character and then extracting um, question mark colon. I actually don't know what that is doing. I know the, the period um, asterisk is anything after and um and, and so this is everything after there might be a space in there. So this is finding, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is basically everything after the last to week. the first space. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I really want to learn more about how to use regex, but that is, that's, I did not know that, that it defaults to a length of one. If you omit that, that's really good. Yeah. Good to yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and I've done this same thing with using like the right function. There's other ways or a find function. So I've done this without regular expressions. Um, so there's there's other ways that you could solve this. But anyways, it's a good follow. Shout out all about that base. Um, give some good. I think he has a newsletter as well. You can sign up for it get up-to-date um, tidbits on, on how to maximize your Airtable formula usage. Awesome. So that's kind of uh, what's going on in the world of um, Airtable and all the different communities. And let's move on to the next segment. On to Air is our primary sponsor. On to Air is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that allow you to do a variety of different things. And if you've been watching the show, I've been spot highlighting um, some of our new releases into the marketplace. And last couple of weeks, I've been talking about our schemas app that allows you to visualize your schema of your database. That's one of my favorites. Uh, this one is just as useful. It's not as pretty as far as UI and stuff, but today I'm going to talk about our backups and how the backups work. So backups is a way to make sure that your data is stored um, outside of Airtable and stored into your Google Drive. And um, you can schedule on a regular basis and take your data as well as your attachments and save them into Box, Dropbox, or Google Drive. And um, it's kind of a set and forget and make sure. And 
tidbit we're in the works working on getting comments as well so comments uh, are coming to backups sometime in in the near future next couple months so we'll be getting uh comments in there as well that's dependent on Airtable. they're working on a couple things on their end to to support that so we're making sure that we're ready for that when once they um release that functionality which is coming so with that um check it out go to the marketplace ontario backups just search for ontario you'll see one of our three apps backups being one of them quickly install it you'll be up and running in less than a minute and be able to make sure that you have your backup data stored to an external location all right let's move on matthew am i saying your last name right busel yeah close enough busel close enough how do you say it busel busel okay Welcome, Matthew. We're good to have you on the show. Why don't you give us a background history on yourself and, and what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the quick story is uh, my, my whole tech career has really been in product, product management. Started a virtual reality startup, moved to a company called MakeSpace. Um, but along the way, I've always been building with no-code tools. Uh, so back in sort of the WordPress and Wix days was spinning up little projects. And then obviously as sort of these tools evolve, move over to Airtable and Webflow and whatnot. Um, and basically just became fascinated with how much uh, you know you could do with these tools. And so in January of 2021, I, I met my co-founder, uh, a guy named Curtis, uh, who's, who's incredible. And he kind of came at uh, this from a little different background. He uh, is a software engineer, used to work at Google and Microsoft and previously started a no-code website builder. And so we came together to try to build a better set of no-code tools, uh, first starting with sort of like a front-end website builder, sort of like a stacker, if you're familiar with, which I imagine you, you both are. Um, and we, you know, built an MVP for that. We started talking to customers and basically, you know, the reaction was, okay, like there are some things here that you can improve upon, but, you know, stacker is pretty great. And, um, you know, we, we really didn't get that sort of, how, how can we build a 10x better version um, type of reaction? And, uh, in doing, you know, now close to you know, probably 100 different user interviews at the time, uh, we saw something pop up, which was that people were setting up Zapier or Integromat in these sort of crazy ways, um, 15, 20 step zaps that basically what they were trying to do is share data um, from Airtable to other tools, like not just a simple automation, but truly like take all of my Airtable data and put it into Webflow or put it into, you know, Shopify. Um, and we saw that enough times we said, oh my gosh, like this is, <laughs> this must be a better way to do that. And that was sort of the, the, the starting point for, for WellSync. Cool. And am I remembering correctly, you went through Y Combinator? <laughs> yes. Um, we went through YC over uh, the summer last year. Uh, we haven't talked about it too much, um, okay. but, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we are YCS21. <laughs> nice. What, what was that experience like? It was awesome. Um, we were a fully remote batch, which I guess is sort of the, the norm now. But um, but yeah, I mean, just incredible how much they pack into a three month span in terms of what they teach you and sort of just being around other companies that are you know, trying to do the same thing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, for those not familiar, that's a very uh, prestigious uh, incubator and they do different groups and it's it's uh, very, very competitive to get into and and um, so, and usually there's funding involved and, and it's a good, good way for, uh, for getting down that path. So, 
Uh, cool. And so now the team um, is, it, you recently launched the product. I know for a while you were in kind of a, a private beta. And so now you're live, got active customers on there, teams growing. I think I saw you got a, added a couple of new team members. Yeah, it's been exciting. We just added our uh, second hire a couple weeks ago. So we're now a team of four. <laughs> so uh, small but growing. And um, and yeah, it's been just uh, amazing. We launched officially in at the end of February. Um, so yeah, it's it's like there's nothing better than actually you know growing and having customers. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Anything behind the name? Is there any story there? <laughs> um, we, we started the actual, the company originally was Whale Form. Um, and the whale part just coming from uh, my co-founders from Seattle. Uh, so big on whales there. Uh, when we switched to a data syncing product, we figured it was uh, a little more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, why don't we learn more about your product? I will uh, bring your screen on here for a second. Okay. So we're going to learn about uh, whale sync and how it works. Terrific. Awesome. Yeah. So just again, to give a little background, what WhaleSync does is it makes it really, really easy to sync data across no-code tools. Um, and just to differentiate, right, like Zapier, Integromat, these are make now. These are amazing, amazing platforms. We use them. Uh, we're not trying to replace them. Um, but what they're really great at is sort of, you know, step-by-step -step automations where you say, like, if a record gets added to our table, then, you know, send an email. Um, what we're trying to do is make it really easy to actually take full sets of data that you have um, and create a true real-time sync. Um, and so for the sake of this example, what I have here is an Airtable base full of blog posts. Um, we've got, you'll see images, a name, some rich text, some link records. Um, and what we'll do for the sake of this example is sync it into Webflow. Um, so Webflow has a CMS uh, of their own. We've got no blog posts here yet. Um, and what'll happen is once we use Whale Sync, they'll start to show up here in this uh, no items found section. So uh, very quickly, here's the WhaleSync dashboard. The way you start is by hitting create new base. It gets started. Uh, first thing is just connecting to Airtable. Uh, you've probably done this before, but go ahead and grab an API key and the base sharing link. This. Once you've connected to Airtable, we want to do something really similar with Webflow, which um, again, may or may not be familiar, but it's uh, just as easy as Airtable. You grab the API key from an integrations page, like this. And what that does is it pulls up the data tables in each. Um, and so, like I mentioned, we've got an author's table, an error table, a blog post table. Um, you can also configure the view. If you don't want to sync the whole table, you just want to sync a specific view, like a published view, you can do that too. But for the sake of this, let's just sync the whole table. Once you've mapped your tables together, you'll do something really similar for each of the fields. Um, so like I mentioned, we have image fields, name fields, published fields, right? Um, you just map them to each other. What you'll notice here is that these names match exactly. So WhaleSync is, is mapping them for you. But if you wanted to do it manually, right, you can just select here as well. Um, once you've mapped all of those fields or whichever ones you want, you hit complete. That'll bring you back to the dashboard. There's a little uh, button here, a toggle. You turn syncing on. It starts to initialize. And what it'll do is start immediately syncing all those records. Um, and it gives you a little, again, insight into what's going on. Um, and so basically, in, in a second here, all of these blog posts will start appearing. 
So if we go back over to Webflow, we go back over to the designer, what we will see is now we've got blog posts. So they're showing up instantly. Um, again, this will take a few seconds to get through all the records. From there on out, anytime I create a new record in Airtable, update a record, it'll sync over to Webflow immediately. Um, and then as of hopefully the next week or two, we're going to be launching two-way sync. So you can also make updates in your other apps and sync it back into Airtable as well. Um, so yeah, that's the, the quick overview. Interesting. So um, in the Webflow world, uh, I've used Webflow a little bit and it's not, it's not one of my primary um, platforms, but I imagine people prefer, it just is an easier interface to, especially if you're updating multiple posts to do that in Airtable. Is that where people just prefer managing the actual data in Airtable? Exactly. Webflow has, like, if you come in here, right, it has a way to manage data. Um, but yeah, it is sort of um, better for like one off changes, whereas Airtable, as you're obviously super familiar, is just this amazing tool to manage you know, tons of records. Um, so yeah, Airtable Webflow is one example. Like I mentioned, once we launch a Shopify integration, if you're managing hundreds or thousands of products, that'd be another reason where it's like, yes, you can do it in the other tool, but Airtable just makes it you know, so much easier. Yeah, very cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> and um, and on two way, so so two way, you'll be able to edit in in Webflow, and then it'll update back to Airtable. How do you um, do? You foresee any issues of just you know having two different places to be updating, like and not having one being like the source of truth? Like, how do you? manage that situation yeah so it's totally up to you um once we launch two-way it'll be optional so you can say if you just would rather i want Airtable to be the only source of truth no one can update there then that's you know totally fine you'll just pick one way um what two-way allows you to do is basically say uh you know essentially like whale sync is, is the source of truth right like you can make updates anywhere and know that uh you know they'll populate across um to give another example right if you sync up let's say Airtable and notion um you know you might want to like bring in your customers for CRM. Um, you know, some people on your team might want to update near table. Some people might want to update in notion and you can make sure that it gets to the right place either way. Do you handle, um, how do you handle like Airtable has some support for markdown? I assume Webflow is all HTML based. Do you convert or how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so there is a, there is on the, behind the scenes, there's a little bit of uh you know, magic happening to try to make these conversions. Um, some is possible to do and some is not. So for example, right, like this rich text field, uh, as you know, in Airtable only offers up to H3. In Webflow, uh, they go all the way to H6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, we're, there is no good way for us to bring that back. Um, so we are limited to some degree, but um, but yeah, as much as possible, we're basically just trying to do a conversion to, to make it uh, populate either way. Gotcha. You can, uh, I'll put a plug in. If you could tell people if they need a HTML editor, they could check out uh, Ontario Amplify has an HTML editor inside of Airtable so they can be updating a long text field as HTML and then, and then that can sync over to uh, Webflow. I, I love that. They, by the way, that came up, we have a, a Slack community for all of our users and that literally came up uh, last week. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. 
Awesome. So, um, what else? Uh, so talk about what your, what other, uh, endpoints you're working on, uh, any ETAs coming up? Yeah. So notion is really the big one. The way that we're prioritizing, um, is basically just based on user feedback. When people sign up, uh, they let us know what they're most interested in and notion is like, you know, risen to the, to the top. So that's first. And after that, uh, and by the way, I apologize for a little New York noise here. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, there's, yeah, it's, it's really a lot of the big ones, right? Sheets, Bubble, Coda, um, eventually, you know, actual you know, traditional databases as well. Um, I think in your last show, you mentioned, uh, you know, Sequin, which thinks yeah. between uh, Airtable and, and traditional databases. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're basically, we, we eventually want to build, you know, hundreds of integrations. So uh, really no limit there. Okay. So Shopify, that one's not uh, coming soon or where's that one? It, so Shopify is definitely in the top 10, um, but yeah, the one, that, the one that we have the most insight into the actual date is, is Notion. That one is uh, definitely coming soon. Very cool. So that would be um, like database to database in Notion? Yeah, we're, we're playing around with um, the actual pages as well uh, to see if there's you know, some sort of uh, integration we can do there. But for sure, it'll be, yeah, the, the database uh, feature in, in Notion to an Airtable base. Um, again, and the, the idea being that you can get sort of the best of both worlds. If uh, if you want to have stuff in Airtable that is, you know, uh, better for Airtable, great. If you want to have stuff in Notion that's better for Notion, great. And you shouldn't necessarily have to just choose one. Right. We've got a uh, question from Jen in the community. How do you handle crossed updates if there's more than one source of truth and users update the same record in different platforms and circular loops? We kind of talked a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, basically it's it's all just time-based, right? So like whatever the latest update is, is going to get uh, updated. Like we're, con it's not a, unlike some of these other tools that let's say batch updates every minute or 10 minutes, right? That we're, that could be a problem. Um, for us, everything's real time. And so if someone makes an update at 10 o'clock and then someone else makes an update at 10.01, you know, well, the one at 10.01 will, will be the latest. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like circuit logic, I'm not sure if I, fully understand the question, but I will just mention, um, we do support things like linked records. So we're multi-reference fields, right? Um, so as long as you are syncing the tables, like if, if you want to sync, let's say here, blog posts and then have a linked record to authors, um, you just need to uh, sync both the blog post table and the authors table, and then we can uh, you know, reference the, the, the uh, field that you want. Gotcha. I think what Jen's referring to is like, if you, at least in, Airtable, or like say you're doing an automation in Airtable and you've set it up to make sure that you update this record over here when this record over here is updated. Then you've updated this record and then that causes the next one to like, oh, well, now we need to go update that table. So it's like now you've updated this table. Oh, we have to update that table. And it just keeps bouncing back and forth, back and forth. So gotcha. Um yeah, so basically, like we we try to handle all that logic, right? Like, and that's part of the beauty of this is that um, you know, in a make uh, Zapier or Airtable automations, you're you're basically like scripting logic like that. Um, whereas, you know, we we essentially you know architect this in the back end such that uh, you know we we avoid things like things like that. Awesome. Yeah, super super cool. Awesome. <laughs> And so, yeah, so people can find you whalesync.com and um, cool stuff. So, yeah, we're excited. Airtable looks like it's your kind of core one. 
you'll be branching out and um well i wonder yeah i guess you could you could start doing three-way once you have multiple endpoints just set them up separately and so you could be getting your data moving across different systems so yeah 100 um and no, it, it's, uh, yeah, Airtable is like, everyone wants to sync into and out of Airtable for, for obvious reasons. So yeah, certainly a uh, future roadmap three-way syncing um, is definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, like, obviously Airtable, you, you see they're, they're, they're putting a lot of emphasis on making it easy to get data into Airtable. Yeah. They're not very incentivized to get data out of Airtable. And so that's where I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't foresee them getting into that world because I don't think they want to help you get your data out. <laughs> so uh, that's where I think a tool like yours can come in handy for those use cases. Totally. And it just, there's so many use cases, right? Like I'll give you just a, one more quick one as wrap up here is like uh, you take a look at Salesforce. Airtable has the, the Salesforce sync where you can pull data in. Um, but being able to push data out, right, then you can use Airtable to control Salesforce. And you know, certainly uh, some people don't love <laughs> spending their whole days in, in a tool like uh, like that. So, um, yeah, sometimes Airtable is just a better way to, to sit there and, and control your data. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely see that Airtable being kind of like the user interface because I like my website is still on WordPress. Don't ask why, but um, <laughs> it is. And uh, I, I hate going into the WordPress backend, right? It's just so slow and just takes forever. And so I've thought about, actually I do for our podcast, we actually automate, um, it's just custom scripts right now, but we automate publishing to WordPress but I could see that kind of, you know, like I use, I would much rather just write everything up in, in Airtable and then push it. <laughs> Jen says, because of laziness. <laughs> Airtable does have some some redeeming qualities. There are some cool things about, or excuse me, WordPress. Um, but yeah, so definitely laziness is one component of that. <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matthew, for uh, for walking us through WhaleSync, and uh, hopefully, people give it a shot. If you're especially right now, if you're using Webflow, that's there, and then Notion coming, and more to come. So we're excited to see what what you guys accomplish in the forthcoming months. So really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for letting me show it off, and and yeah, certainly anyone using Airtable and Webflow or Airtable and Notion, um, feel free to. Shoot me an email. Uh, email is just Matthew at Wilson.com and happy to help you get set up. Great. Thanks, Matt. All right. Let's move on. A uh, quick plug for the Built on Air community. Um, we have a large and growing over 1,000 Airtable users in our Slack community as well as our uh, newsletters. So please join us if you're not already. Builtonair.com slash join. And I was just going to give kind of a quick uh, sneak peek into what's going on in the Airtable, in our uh, built-on Air community and Slack. So we always kind of do a weekly announcement to keep you up to date on what's going on, what people are talking about. And um, it's always kind of cool. Um, one of our team members, Hannah, she'll, she'll do a kind of what are you working on now? And it's kind of cool to see what other people are working on. Everybody shares their their updates. 
And so it's a really cool community. We'd love to have more people join us. If you're a fan of Airtable, you need to be a part of the Built on Air community. So join us, builtonair.com slash join. With that, let's move on to our final segment. Ali, if you want to share your screen, there we go. And scripting time. Excellent. All right. So this is just a little fun thing that I put together a couple of weekends ago, and I've found myself using it a lot so far. So I figured I would share it. Um, and I've put this, I actually posted this in the uh, Airtable community forum as well. So you can find the, um, the full script right in there. Um, and so this is something that I'm sure many watchers or Airtable users are familiar with. This little red triangle here that appears when you have something wrong with your field. There could be a number of reasons for it. Um, but the most common use or reason that you might see this here is because you've deleted a field that a formula is trying to refer to, or you've deleted a field that this lookup is trying to look up on another table, and that field is no longer there. Um, it's never really a fun surprise to be going through a table and seeing this red triangle. So uh, I wrote this script to go through all of the fields in your base, and then it'll just show you a list of everything that's broken. Um, and the reason that that's possible is because Airtable has, if you look at our uh, API documentation, and then in the cell values and field options, I'm actually, I'm not sure how well documented this is, but. Yeah, I don't know if it is documented. It doesn't even have it. So there's a little tag that computed fields get. Um, let me just quickly grab. I'm just going to add a new scripting app and just demo quickly what it looks like. Um, all of the computed fields here, let me just say, have a sub, like a key within it, part of their like internal definitions um, called options. And let's say I'm just going to print out a list of all of the fields on this table. Um, just say table.fields, and then um, let's do fields. And let's try and find one that's calculated here. Perfect. So this is a multiple lookup values. So that's actually just a, just a lookup field. Um, and if I expand this options um, part of this JSON, you can see it says is valid true. And this is something that is present as far as I know. I've gone through all of the field types um, on most all of the on all of the calculated fields. The only time it's not actually there is kind of interesting. The first time I wrote this script, um, it started returning all of the like date fields, like calculated fields that don't actually have like an underlying formula to it, like a created time field. Mm -hmm. Um, or last modified by um, last modified time. Those were all showing up on the list, which mm -hmm. is kind of funny. Um, and I had to, I, I added a little line that just says, only if it has the property is valid, then continue. Um, so I'll just quickly go through what this looks like. Um, 
And the best part about this script is that you can just copy and paste it into your own base. You don't have to change anything at all um, unless you want to. If you want to add on to it, of course you can. Um, so basically, it's just going to find all the broken fields. So it goes through all of the tables in the base and then starts looping through each table, looks at each field list and filters those down to only the computed fields. Um, and then goes through each computed field and looks at that options tag um, to see if it has the property is valid. And if it does have that property and it is not true, then it pushes this information about the field into a little array and then the array is displayed. So if I click finish editing and run, you can see here it's showing me I have 15 broken fields throughout this entire base. Um, and you can see here, these two that we can see are right at the top here. Um, so if I went and just deleted this one and ran this again, now I have 14 broken fields. Um, and then it does show the description as well. So if you're like, I don't even remember what this field was for. If you are doing a good job keeping up with your field descriptions, then this should be pretty helpful. I'm not saying that because I am terrible at it and I really want to do better. <laughs> And yeah, that's that's basically it. It's very simple, not much code, and you can just copy it and paste it and run it. Nice, Camille. Camille posted that it is documented but not searchable. Okay, cool, perfect. So yeah, it is in there. This is super cool, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Have you have you heard of a company called Switchboard? They're in private beta. No, I haven't. Uh, they're a, a new company. They just raised the seed round, but they're basically um, doing stuff like this, but across, I think right now it's Zapier and Make. Um, but awesome. yeah, eventually I'm sure Airtable as well. So pretty pretty exciting that you're sort of uh, building that in, directly into Airtable. Thank you. Uh, is that the one that will like look at all your zaps and like tell you everything going on in your zaps? Exactly. <laughs> That's cool. There's one, I heard of a company called Blueprint that, you can oh, download. that's the one I'm thinking of, Ali, because you brought that one up, yeah. That was that one's freaking cool. It's like if I'm trying to figure out, like, if I change the formula in a primary field on this table, like, what what zaps touch that and are looking for it? And you can just type in the field ID and search, and it'll show you all of the zaps that touch it. It's really cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. So switchboard. Let's, I'll have to look at that. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, scripts are scripts are you know just utilities stuff like this. I think last week we did a similar one. Um, they're just really useful, uh, especially the more Airtable exposes in their scripting environments, the more cool hacks and tricks we can come up with. <laughs> oh, the one thing I will say. No, you know what? Never mind. That's the that I'm writing another script. I have another script that's like kind of like what um Kavan's script does that puts everything on a table. Um like I puts all of your fields and tables into a table called tables and fields into it's very meta. Um but I have a script that runs within the app and it'll go and look at thank you Scott. Uh you you pick a field and it'll go find all of the fields that touch it um or that it touches so everything that it references and everything that references it um but the one thing i found is i can't you know how if you could do, you can do a conditional roll up and say only do it if these conditions are true from the other table 
that is not, you can't service those options mm. that I've found. Yeah, yeah, in the scripting. Those might be available in the app block API, I can't remember. Probably. But yeah, not in the scripting. <laughs> Very cool. Good stuff, Ali, as always. So we appreciate you guys uh, coming on. We're going to end a little bit early this week, so that's good. I think last week we went over, so we're making up some time today. And as always, we love to hear everybody um, what you're working on. And if you've got something cool, we'd love to have you come on the show and share with us. So until next week, share with us what you've built on air. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast.